Welcome to the Walk and Verse Journey. We're going to explore history, current events, through poetry and prose. Sit back and come along for the ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is episode number eight with me, Kev, and it's April 5th, 2020. And on this podcast, it's going to be on 5G, but I'm going to break it up over a course of two. And the reason being is that it has a lot of information I want to cover in it. And what drew me into focusing in on this topic was I started hearing a lot of things in the media lately about digital identities, certain things with different countries, as well as certain politicians looking for facial recognition. And that's something that's actually required if you want to really do it at scale is 5G. And so with that being said, let's kind of dig into here and some facts. On March 11th, 2020, I came across an article that talked about how the U.S. House unanimously passes the Spanberger's bipartisan legislation to build national 5G strategy and was signed into law. And it's, inter- it's interesting that how for this, there was no problem sending it and signing it, yet to help bail out the American people, it's nothing but contention. And the two things that struck out to me was they called it a secure 5G and the Beyond Act. That was what they passed in this bill. And the strategies around this were of three points. And the one that's probably more important is the second, but let's talk about the first one first, where they talk about secure fifth generation and future generation telecommunication systems and infrastructure across the United States. So what they're saying is that they want to have a way to completely connect the country, all of it, but in a secure manner. And that's something that's required by 5G. And just a little bit of background on me, I worked in telecommunications for quite a long time. So I have a lot of experience with this. And I've done a lot of things at scale. And one of the things that kind of held us back on certain use cases was the availability of 5G. So with that being said, let me continue on. Point number two, they talk about how they want to assist U.S. allies and defense partners in maximizing security of 5G systems and infrastructures in their countries. Now, when I hear that, that kind of raises a few red flags because when you're talking security and defense partners, you're talking video surveillance. And I've actually been very familiar with those type of use cases as well. And especially when you're talking in uh, foreign countries. And so then when you have technologies like 5G with modern type of solutions, this sets up the way for biometrics video surveillance, and also facial recognition at scale. Again, the key thing here is doing it at scale. And before, we just couldn't do it. Without 5G in place, it just couldn't be done. You couldn't move that much data with the latency that's required in order to track and use these metrics. And so it's really a lot of data we're talking about here. And then the last point they said was to protect the competitiveness of U.S. companies, the privacy of U.S. consumers, and when you're looking at protecting consumers or businesses, you're talking about something like a global letter or blockchain. I'll get into that later as well. And with that technology, it gives you a way to basically track things with it not being erased. So you can hold the identity of a person or a company forever. Every transaction that was made, you would know it'd be part of the chain globally, if it was connected globally, right? So the question is, are they looking to do that? Or is it just US? And then continues on and says that, and the integrity of international standards setting bodies against foreign political influences. So now what they're saying here is censorship. 
So tracking certain information, fake news, whatever they deem to be fake news, and censor it. Okay. Now we're going to go into more dates and we're going to backtrack. So that was in uh, March of 2020, right? Where this bill was just signed. But if we go back a couple years to April 19th of 2018, I came across this article. And actually, I wasn't, I wasn't really aware that this person was also involved in it. And it reads, Bill Gates backs $1 billion plan to cover Earth in video surveillance satellites. And that's exactly what I was referring to when I saw the verbiage in the bill that was passed without even doing the research. And in this article, it says that a satellite company planned to launch a $1 billion network of satellites to provide live and unfiltered coverage of the Earth has been backed by former Microsoft chief executive Bill Gates and Japanese tech giant SoftBank. So as we're talking this podcast and the next one, remember the names, write them down, because it's going to be important when we go back and review. And then it talks about how these tech leaders are backing Earth Now. It's another program of some type. And I haven't really dug into that yet because um, I'm not really interested in that right yet. And they plan to launch 500 satellites to cover Earth's atmosphere in video surveillance to provide live video feedback with only a second of delay. One second. With other technologies for blockchain or for uh, metrics IoT, you need to be in the millisecond range. So for video, they're going to go with a second, which they can do with low orbit satellites. And then it continues on and says that this is a Washington-based company. And there's, they're also working with Airbus, which I was kind of surprised to see. So you have Airbus, Gates, and SoftBank, all right? And that's a Japanese company. So remember, Japanese and the United States now are working together with Bill Gates on this initiative. Then I found another article in May of 2018 called Photonics for 5G Networks. Again, write that down, Photonics, and go look that up. And photonics technology will play a key role in 5G networks in different contexts, what the article says. And it talks about how it will allow the transmission and routing of huge amounts of data, traffic, and at a reduced cost. And so prior to 5G, you couldn't move data at that volume, a little price point, which is impossible. And we're talking petabyte plus scale. And so a lot of solutions I've actually worked on personally was petabyte plus scale. So I understand the problems and the complexities of that. And to explain what a petabyte is, if you had 500 billion pages of standard type text, that's a petabyte. 500 billion pages of text of a type text. Or to put it in context in books, if you had a 300-page book, it'd be 1.7 billion. And a petabyte's only the icing on the, um, on the cake. We're talking even more data than that. So when you hear the word photonics, you're talking about data at massive scale, all right? And then I fast forward to November 1st, 2018, and I found another article, but this time I dealt with DARPA. And again, the same technology called photonics. And the article's title was Bringing Photonics Signaling to Digital Microelectronics. This is interesting. So with this program, DARPA seeks to unleash the performance of modern multi-chip modules by integrating optical signaling at the chip level. And so what they're talking about here is this is a technology that will allow you to move a voice, video, telemetry, which is IoT and sensor data. So think about drones, um, RFID, biometrics, things of that nature, through local area networks, computer networks, and across long distances. So when you think about that, in order to pull this off, you need to have a mesh that would connect globally in order to move data at scale, the petabyte plus scale. And they also talk about in the article how they're trying to put these antennas on towers, schools, parks, 
utility poles, federally owned land, buildings, and also in satellite, lower orbit satellites, as we saw that Bill Gates was also promoting that with SoftBank out of Japan. And when you have these type of uh, frequencies available for you, or spectrums, you can really utilize drones, facial recognition, biometrics, position tracking, geocore, geolocation, digital currencies, and whatnot, because these are all dependent upon 5G. All right. And then if we fast forward to January of 2019, January 8th, 2019, there was another article that I found very interesting, and I wasn't aware of it until I started researching, and the article was titled 5G from Space, 20,000 Satellites to Blanket the Earth. So Elon Musk made a deal with the FCC using SpaceX to launch 12,000 satellites. And they're all um, 5G satellites that are low orbit. And this was approved by the FCC of March 29th, 2018. And they gave him permission at the time to launch 4,400 roughly, right? But the total number, like I said, is 20,000. And now they're saying in another article by Business Insider that I found that by 2027, they're looking at approximately up to 47,000 or 42,000 satellites around the earth. And some of the companies that are backing this initiative are SpaceX with 12,000, OneWeb with 4,500, Boeing with 2,900, and a company called Spire Global with 972. By having that type of technology, you can really enable use cases that you couldn't even dream of before. So you just, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind when you start hearing about 5G and new technologies and so forth, because it allows them to have a lot of control over people without even realizing it sometimes. So your cell phone, for example, even if you take out your SIM card, you can still be tracked with Android. I'm not too sure about how the iPhone worked with Android. I know you can. And so when you have your device with you, especially with technology like this, there's nowhere you can go without them knowing your location, right? Even think about biometrics or think about facial recognition. Just recently, I saw an article from the governor of Washington, Isley, who talks about how he's passing some laws for facial recognition in Washington state. So again, you're starting to kind of see how it's starting to take effect, right? Then on April 5th, 2019, there's an article titled, Here's the World's First Country to Launch 5G Services, and talks how South Korea's operator, SK Telecom, has uh, selected the Korean leaders in various fields as the world's first 5G subscribers. Then, in March 30th, 2019, I saw another article titled, The UK Gets Its First But Limited 5G Network. And the thing is, though, they've been doing a study prior to this. So in 2017, they actually had a study where they did their first planting, maintaining, and harvesting a crop without any human intervention whatsoever using 5G. So you can see how also that this can help control economies, right? So reduce the workforce, use more autonomous vehicles, more automation. Anyway, so let me play this clip for you. And you can hear for yourself what they talked about. And I'll put the links in the description. But I found it interesting that this is where we're at. The UK is one country leading the way in smart farming innovation. 5G solutions are being tested across the country as part of the government-led 5G Rural First initiative. In the English county of Shropshire, the hands-free hectare project achieved a world first in 2017 by successfully planting, tending and harvesting a crop without a single human stepping foot on the field. Autonomous tractors sowed the seeds. Drones with a range of sensors monitored the crops and samples were taken remotely, providing data for targeted fertilizers and pesticides while a driverless combine harvested the produce. 
5G is now being used to increase the capability, precision and efficiency of the system. From perfecting potato production in the Netherlands to a planned 5G-connected oyster farm in Japan, a variety of trials are cropping up across the world. So as you can see, this technology is really heating up around the world and it's, it's, um, it's a global effort, right? Okay. Now that being said, we're going to fast forward to August 8, 2019, and I found another article titled, Russia's First 5G Zone Deployed in Moscow. And this was interesting. It said that the deployment of 5G network is one of Russia's priorities. According to the Digital Economy of Russia Federation National Program, it is crucial to establish robust 5G communication in all cities of Russia by 2024. And the key thing to understand there is national program and digital economy. Now, in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about something called lockstep. And that's the exact same verbiage in that presentation that was done by Rockefellers. I think it was back in 2010 or it was actually quite a while ago. Anyway, they needed 5G in that article and to, to implement what you're seeing here within this article within Russia and Japan and, and the UK. All right. So with that being said, let's fast forward to September 17th, 2019. And again, remember SoftBank? Well, now it says SoftBank accelerates Japan's 5G network plan by two years. Then on October 9th, 2019, there's another article titled 5G and Blockchain, the Building Blocks of the Shared Economy. Now you're kind of starting to see it come together. You have satellites going up, you have 5G towers blanketing the world, and now we're talking about global economies or shared economies, right? And then this article talks about uh, discovering digital identities and how a digital identity will be the cornerstone in the online world, as they expect to have 18 billion devices connected by 2022. Now, they give you an illustration. I'm just going to read it verbatim. It says, to illustrate the potential of blockchain, consider that the automation of devices also include automatic management of money. That's interesting. Here's a great example. A self-driving car as part of a taxi service, realizes and registers that it needs to be cleaned. It can automatically drive to the car wash, pay for the service, and be back on the road ready to serve customers without any human having to manage the process. So they basically are looking to take away a lot of jobs. Like when you go to the grocery store today, self-checkout, put that on a scale of 100 or 1,000. That's what this is going to do. It's going to wipe out all the lower-end jobs so the job that your kids would have you know, your 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 um the elderly could have they're gone, right? So they always tell you, well, you know, but they'll have more jobs in technology, right? But those jobs are not designed for the how do I say the new worker or the person entering the workforce doesn't have a college degree or doesn't understand this type of stuff. What are they going to do? Those jobs are now gone. All right, and then it talks even further about how blockchain is a perfect fit for digital identities. Again, that is biometrics. That is a digital passport. That is to basically track everything that you do by your identity within the blockchain, all right? And the last paragraph of that was interesting. It said, in a world moving quickly towards shared ownership, as well as the internet of things, which is IoT, devices, drones, sensors, so forth, and services powered by 5G, blockchain will no doubt offer a secure way for automation to truly take off. And you're talking here AI, robotics, drones, digital payments, and automation. Okay. Now, remember how I mentioned earlier that a, the governor of Washington just recently signed something on facial recognition? Well, on December 31st, 2019, this was a test. Uh, the article was titled, Facial Recognition, 5G-Powered Glasses, Enhanced Biometric Passports, and Interpol, 
Border Updates from Asia. And I'll read you the clip out of the article. It says this, the biometrics gadgets identifying travelers' faces and flags anyone who appears suspicious or labeled as high risk. Now, <laughs> like I said, I have experience in this, in this field, quite a bit of it actually. And you have to create a baseline to flag anyone who appears to be suspicious. So I, as a developer, or I, as the body behind the algorithm, decide what is suspicious or not. So you, you got to remember that when you hear about people saying that, oh, you know, this is safe and that we could trust who's controlling this. The question I always ask is, can you, because you don't know who's behind this, right? It could be hacked. The code for the recognition can be hacked. It could be uh, tweaked. You have no idea how easy it is to add to these type of programs what you want to define as suspicious or label as something as high risk, okay? Let me continue on. And it says that in a, in a very fast in processing and transmitting data due to 5G technology, well, it'd be fast with 5G plus the photonics we mentioned earlier. Passenger halls are equipped with high-definition facial recognition cameras that collect and cross-match faces with a customs database. And so, again, you're now seeing with the, with the satellites in place, with the 5G towers going everywhere, that now you can truly track anyone globally with a database that's linked internationally. Okay. So we're talking straight up tracking. In January 21st, 2020, I saw another article from the World Economic Forum. And in the next podcast, we'll dive into this a little bit more. And it was from Davos in Switzerland. And it talks about how the United States made many deals, trade deals. One was with China, which we've heard about. Other one was the Mexico-Canada agreement. And these are the biggest deals that were ever made, it says. Then also we made deals with Japan, South Korea as well, and the UK. We're negotiating a tremendous new deal with the United Kingdom. Now remember, these are countries all involved in this 5G as well. So now is that a connection? Not a connection? You need to think about that. You, you need to go research it and see what's going on, right? But I can tell you one thing is that when I hear what these deals are about, it says that this includes critical industries like AI, quantum computing, and 5G. Again, this is all about tracking, all about digital identity, currencies. And again, I'll dive into that in the next podcast further as well. These deals, according to this article, are artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and 5G. Look up TensorFlow. That's an uh, application you can use to do um, AI. It's called TensorFlow, T-E-N-S-O-R-F-L-O-W. And you'll be surprised what you see about it. Look at the use cases and what it can drive. So when you look at these technologies, always look at the use cases and see what they can drive. What are they used for? Not what you're being told. Look it up. Then in January 21st, 2020, there was another article came out um, from the CEO of Ericsson. Ericsson is a telecommunication company, right? It says 5G robotics on show for world leaders in Devos. And what it says is that 5G technology partnerships across business, government, and society are key to developing the digital economy. There you go again, digital as currencies. By embracing and enabling such partnerships, new digital opportunities can be realized to benefit the global economy, again, national economies, again, and businesses of all sizes. And this ties directly to that presentation I spoke about earlier called Lockstep. All right. Now, remember, Davos was on, I believe, January 21st. But on January 7th, there was a presentation from the World Economic Forum, which was also mentioned in the previous article. 
And what this presentation was titled was The Impact of 5G, Creating New Value Across Industries and Society. If you, I'll give you the link, but if you go and download the um, presentation, there's like 60, 40 to 60 use cases, and they're interesting. You want to just look through them, look at the key players and see who's involved in this. And again, Bill Gates is all over this as well, among many, many other players, not just him. So I'm going to kind of read some highlights from this um, article. It says the key functional drivers of 5G will unlock a broader range of opportunities, including optimization of service delivery, decision-making, AI, end-user experience. So they're talking about removing jobs from humans, right? It's this autonomous type of jobs, robotics, a factory becomes, you know, a smart factory, smart cities, AI drones for surveillance, for tracking. Like, like think about what you hear in the news today. Right now with this coronavirus, what are we seeing around the world drones are doing? They're doing surveillance, making sure people are in their lockdown, and, they're, and in some countries, they're doing disinfectants, all right? With 5G, it makes it extremely possible. And a lot of these countries that you're seeing these uh, drones in are in these 5G countries where they set the networks up. It continues on and says that this will result in 13.2 trillion in global economic value by 2035, generating 22.3 million jobs. That's a lie. It generates 22.3 million high-tech jobs, not entry-level. So your kids, they will not be doing these jobs. It's not going to be happening. The elderly who are no longer in the workforce for whatever reason will not be having these jobs. People laid off that were blue-collar workers will not be having these jobs because this technology takes those jobs away. And it infuriates me for people to spread this narrative that it creates more jobs. No, it does not. It takes jobs away. And we're seeing it every single day. Personally, I've been in IT, oh my God, 30 years. I'll tell you one thing, it is not the same as it was 30 years ago. A lot of the jobs are outsourced, a lot of them. I've seen industries completely wiped out. That was before this thing we're dealing with now called the coronavirus with jobs just being decimated right, left, and center. And the unemployment rate is in the millions right now. And I don't even believe it's peaked yet, right? And so, great job. That, that, that just infuriates me. And then the article continues on and says, to better understand how to realize this large estimated economic output potential, this report proposes a bottom-up approach analyzing 40 use cases. I thought it was 60, so it's 40. And it actually goes into the companies, the use cases, the technology. It's actually really interesting to look at if you're a technical person. If you're not, it's still very interesting because you'll kind of see where things are going. Um, identified by key industrial advances and social impact areas in addition to the main functional drivers of 5G and the required maturity levels of these drivers. Additionally, it says it maps the 5G ecosystem to identify its components, stakeholders, and interdependencies. And the actions needed to accelerate 5G deployment and fully realize the potential. Now remember, accelerate 5G. This was article. This article was in 2020. And right now, today as we speak, they are slamming all over the world, putting up 5G as fast as they can. Satellites are in orbit. 12,000 right now are in orbit, low orbit satellites for 5G. And here are some of the bullet points I pulled out through the use cases. So I went through the slide deck and just kind of pulled out some high-level use cases. And what they were were this. Now remember, they need to move a lot of data with low latency. Use of 5G for augmented reality. Adopting 5G for railways. 5G-enabled healthcare solution for hospitals, biometrics, biochips, bringing intelligence automation to manufacturing, smart factories, AI-powered robotic solutions for logistics, 
And here they talk about covering everything from sorting, induction, transportation, and loading, end-to-end, uh, e-commerce, express, seaports, airports, manufacturing, and other scenarios. Now, a few years ago, I was traveling a lot while I was working, probably traveled every week. And I met a lot of people and I talked to a lot of pilots. And that was one thing that is talked about was that how they want to have pilotless airplanes. And the pilot goes, that's impossible because there are certain things that you can never teach AI that you only can get through experience. But the point being is you think the industry cares. There's too much money to be made. They could care less. It's about dollars. It's not really about anything else. They, as long as they hit their stock price, make their shareholders happy, it doesn't matter. I've even heard about how insurance companies are pushing for driverless cars as well. And they just don't care about the accident rate because they're setting it aside now to pay it out because they know there's, there's going to be loss of life. But the end game is a lot of revenue. So it, it's sad, but that's just the way it is. That's where we're at today. And another point was Dorobot products include pick-and-place robots for sorting and loading, collaborative mobile robots, and planning and scheduling software for streamlining warehouse operations. So all those jobs people have to uh, you know, sort and put things in the warehouse, gone. Self-driving system for cars, right? Self-driving vehicles for material handling, fully autonomous heavy haul, long-distance railway systems, bringing driverless trucks to market. So for years, they have been testing on the highways in the, in the Nevada desert area, long haul, and no drivers, all autonomous trucks, big rigs, going back and forth, making deliveries. Now, I heard from a driver that usually there was one person in the truck for when they wanted to drive through the city. But now today, I have a feeling that they're beyond that point. Drones and smart cities. So that's what we're looking at. And in the next podcast, I'm going to dive deeper into this and talk about key players and what they have in place right now and what has been in place for a long time. So one thing you could look up real quick is a spoiler alert here is something called PATH from Seattle. Again, it's a Seattle company who is involved with the World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, and again, Bill Gates. And with that being said, I want to read a poem called The Fall. The missiles launched. The world collides. The heavens fall. The black crow dines. The angel's dead. The sun has dried. The mountains mourn as the mothers cry. The devil rises. The rivers die. Death has fallen. The moon alive. And folks, that's it for this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider a membership at $5 a month. You'll gain access to all past, present, and future e-reports and books, as well as member-only content. The link is in the description of the episode. If you have any questions or comments, please send me an email at walkinverse at protonmail.com. W-A-L-K-I-N-V-E-R-S-E at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. And until next time, keep the faith, stay safe, and peace.